0: late as it is. Well, get your coat on. I'm almost finished. If I'm late once more, I'll lose my job. All I have to do is put your lunch in a paper bag. Well, maybe if you started making the sandwiches a little
1: earlier in the morning. Well,
0: if we'd gotten up when the alarm went off. Up... Hey, give me a kiss before you go. Oh, all right. And get out of here. Harold's due at ten. Who's Harold? What? I thought I heard you say Harold's due at ten. Harold? <laughs> Who's Harold? I don't know any Harold's. How can he know about Harold? There, you did it again. Did what? Sam, what's gotten into you this morning? I didn't say anything about Harold. We don't even know a Harold. Sam, why are you looking at me like that? Sam, answer me. Sam.
1: Theater 5 presents... The Man Who Heard Everything.
0: you trying to pull? Pull? Oh, I'm not trying to pull anything. You know I can't change no five-dollar bill. What's the matter? Don't you have any change? No. At least not oh, your concern, wise guy. I think if you look in there, you'll find plenty of change. And I'm not a wise guy. Well, think again, because I ain't got no change for no five. Either change this bill for me, or I'll take your badge number and report you to the transit authority. Yes, I will. And I'm not a clown either. Now hurry up and give me my change. The train's coming. Hey, what do you do? Read minds or something? Just give me my change and hurry. I did it. I did it. I could hear everything he was thinking. Look at all these people crowding in. thicker than sardines. They stand jammed together without saying anything. Like cattle. But they aren't quiet. They're thinking. It seems like I can almost hear them. Yes. Yes. If I can't concentrate on more, I can hear what he's thinking. That woman over there with a the green hat and the shopping bag. I don't know why I got stuck with everything. She didn't like it. She so was taking it back to the store. exchanged herself. Been this way ever since we were children. That young man over
1: there... The one
0: without How do I get stuck here every morning? I never intended it to turn out this way. I'm a poet. I always was. My soul will die if I don't quit riding these subway. That's it. I'll quit my job. The baby's old enough now. My wife can go to work again. And I wonder what she's thinking in just one more morning and pulls the sheets off me like that. How? right in the mouth. That's a lousy way to wake a person up. I gotta get out of the house, after all. Even if it takes getting married. That's what I'll do. Get married. But who? Harry? Wow, he's a creep. And Roger hasn't got any money. And anyways, I like Sylvester. But he's only got one thing on his mind. I'm too tired to think about it. I think up, enough. I can't test this creep behind me. That old man over there with his head pulled down over his eyes. I wonder if he's asleep. sweet you know, let's see. If I sell my 300 shares of telephone stock and invest in this new space stock, I should realize a profit of $3,000 before anybody knows they're not going to get the missile contract. I can do can tell the way anybody's thinking just by looking at them. I, I don't know how I can, but I can From now on, I can do anything I want. Good morning, Mr. Healy. You're late this morning. Am I? Well, yes, it's almost 11 o'clock. How is it? I hadn't noticed. Mr. Haskins has been looking all over for you. Has he? Well, if you bump into him again, tell him he can find me in my accustomed place. Seated on the bench, behind my desk, my oar in both hands. What's gotten into old front face this morning? Don't you worry about old front face, my dear. i just watch out for myself if I were you. What? There's more passion that bubbles beneath this wrinkled exterior than are dreamed of in your diary, Miss Horatio. What, Mr. Helio? Miss Perkins? Uh, yes? Is that Healy I see out there? Yes, Mr. Haskins. Send him into my office right away. Yes, sir. Mr. Healy... I heard. Tell him I'll be in as soon as I can make it. But Mr. Healy... You heard me. He's gone right out of his mind. No, I haven't gone out of my mind. People around here are only going to wish that I had. (laughs) Just what is the meaning of all this, Healy? A meaning of what, Mr. Haskins? Coming to work at a quarter to 11. Oh, is it quarter to 11 already? Well, it's more like a quarter past 12 right now. It's uh, taken you a full 20 minutes to get to my office. Where were you? Reading the paper. Reading the paper? Oh, yes, I was going to come right over, but I noticed the headlines of the paper on my desk, and it occurred to me that I hadn't really sat down and enjoyed the paper in the morning for a long time. So I just did it. This man needs the fear of God thrown into him. Well? Well, what? You haven't given me any explanation as to where you were this morning at 9 o'clock. You are aware that we begin work at this office at 9? Oh, yes, sir. Well? Uh, well, what? Well, where were you? Oh, that. I, uh, I was out walking. Out what? Out walking and listening to people talk. That's your only excuse? You were listening to people talk? It wasn't an excuse, sir. It was the reason. I can't actually fire him. He's too valuable to the operation to let go. Did you realize, sir, that at 10 o'clock outside this office, frequently the sun can be found shining? I'm aware of that, Healy. Are you aware that you haven't been in this office at 9 o'clock sharp one morning this week? Yes, I am, sir, and I regret it deeply. Fortunately, I'm willing to overlook it. Oh, don't do that. What? Well, um, I think I ought to be fired. Fired? I can't do that. What will Mr. Gately say? He already thinks my employee relationships are very bad. Well, now, Sam, firing a man is a little severe. Perhaps we can talk this over. No, 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 I think it's gotten beyond that. After all, I have been late every day this week. On the contrary, Sam. I was thinking maybe the reason your interest has been lagging lately is because your salary hasn't been what it ought to be. Confidentially, I've been thinking of a little raise for you. Oh, a raise. How much? Well, let's see. Uh, how does uh, two fifty sound to you? Sounds more like five. All right, by George, since you insist. Plus ten, that would be fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars? What makes you think I'm going to give you or anybody else a fifteen dollar raise? Because I know something about you that nobody else knows. What? What do you know? You know nothing. Don't I? Just let me mention two words. Foreigns an account. How can you know that? Well, let's just say I know. But how? I juggle those books myself. The true books are in my safe at home. Or would you prefer to have me suggest to Mr. Gately that we go over the true books for that account, which are hidden in your safe at home? How do you know about my safe at home? <laughs> well, let's just say that I know about it. great many things you keep hidden from the world, but I've been easy on you up until now. Now... About that raise, do I get fifteen or do we make it twenty? No, no, fifteen will be fine. Good. Uh, from now on forward, my checks to my home. I doubt if I'll be in from now on. Where are you going? Out. Out to enjoy myself a little, to see a little of the world. But I can't pay a man who isn't here. Oh, I'm sure you'll think of a way. Good day, Mister Haskins. <laughs> you, Mr. Rogers. Uh, You've done it again. I can sit here and read your thoughts for as long as you like. All right. I'll just think my next question. What made you come to see us? Easy as pie. I said to myself, Sam, you have got a rare talent here, one that's worth a lot of money to the right party. So I... Well, I thought to myself, what is the biggest industry in the world? Deal? Stocks and bonds? No, sir. I said to myself, the biggest industry in the world is the United States government. Why, they spend more money every year than all the rest put together. And they have more power. With them, I can do anything. Have anything I want. And to what possible use could we put you? Well, oh, think, man. Why, the possibilities stagger the imagination. Just put me in the same room with a man. And I can look at him and tell you what he's thinking summit conferences, test ban negotiations, missile contract bid, I can tell you instantly what the opposition's objectives are before they make them known. Why? Right. If nothing else, within five minutes I can tell you if any man is a security risk or not. Mm-hmm. Conservatively speaking, I figure my tunt, uh, oh, $20,000 a minute. How much longer they're going to be in there? I've got a day. And who was that? Who was what? I thought I heard a woman say something. No, we're quite alone here. Oh, mm-hmm. And uh, what do you expect by way of payment for your unusual talent? Anything I want. What? Women, cars, a, a private plane, money. Everything I want when uh-huh. I want it. It <laughs> could run into millions of dollars yearly. Oh, I intend to be worth it. Suppose we decided we couldn't afford you. Huh? Oh. Well, I, uh, I'm i sure my services would be of value to the Russians. I say we can't afford to let him slip through our fingers. Uh, no, you can't. Mm. Miss uh, Prescott. Yes, Mr. Rogers. It's her. Who? Oh, the girl whose voice I heard. What? I read her thoughts through that wall. My powers are increasing. Miss Prescott, get me the Pentagon. to have lunch. Oh, anywhere you say. I, I don't know Washington very well. I know a good place down this way. Oh, fine. I thought if we had lunch together, we could save some time. From now on, of course, your time is going to be at a premium. The Pentagon has decided to put you on a crash training program. Oh, good. We're going to put you into two intensive language training programs, Russian and Chinese. Okay. for the money, I can get it. And Why not? He's got it, and I We're uh, not going to bother with any espionage training, because in your case, espionage won't be needed. It'll all be open and above board. Uh-huh. And then we'll train you as a stenographer.
1: No, no, that won't work. Uh, what I'll do is invite her out to dinner first. Then after dinner, casually, I'll uh, invite her over to my You clerk. see,
0: Sam, uh, the idea being that you sit in on the conference as a stenographer. But what you're really doing is taking down their thoughts in shorthand. mm mm-hmm. yes. If I ever I'll take the quickest thing I can... I say, Sarah, you listening to me? What? Oh, yes, yes. What's the matter? You seem preoccupied. Huh? Oh, Matt. Well, it's, uh... Well, it's just that I... I keep picking up the thoughts of people passing by, and it's, well, it's hard to concentrate. Well, we won't have any trouble in here. This is the quietest restaurant in Washington. <laughs> right through so, here. Yes. Can I help you, gentlemen? Neither one looks like a big tipper. Yes, a uh, quiet table for two, please. This way, please. I'll put them behind the planter. Nobody wants that table. I thought you said this was a quiet place. Yeah, this, Sam. The noise in here is so loud I can hardly think. I don't hear it, eh? What shall I have? That's the shriviest waitress I ever saw. Fish, that's what I'll have. Fish. Fish. is overdone. Where did all the people come from? What people? There can't be more than ten people in this room.
1: Wonder what she does I after said,
0: work. Why do they all have to talk at once? Oh, look, people in this room
1: are shouting at me. Why doesn't somebody call a cop? Out
0: of the way, you lot. Like it didn't me anything from a first Who likes to eat anyway? Nobody. that who. I can't stand it anymore. What's the matter? I gotta get out of here. Tap, uh, come back. You're driving me crazy. I
1: gotta get out of here. <laughs> Sam, come back here.
0: Hello, Sam. Wyoming. What? I said you're at the bottom of an abandoned missile silo in Wyoming. We had to put you out there for your own safety. But, but why? Don't you remember? No. No, I don't. Now, wait a minute. I, I, I seek to remember something about, about pain and my ears. That's right.
1: You began to get ultra sensitive. Your ears seem to hear everything. Not only the thoughts of the people in the room around you and the next room, but thoughts and noises from people as much as a mile away. Oh, yeah. Now
0: I remember. For a while, we thought we had it licked when we put you in that lead-lined room at the Pentagon. But after a while, you started reading through that. Yeah. Now I remember. The pain. The excruciating pain. It happens every time somebody comes near you. So we had you move to an abandoned missile site in Wyoming. There's not another human being within a hundred miles. The only contact you have with the outside world is this telephone line. What will happen to me? We're working on that. You see, when
1: people think their minds give off minute quantities of radio energy, you're able to read their
0: thoughts due to a sensitivity that you've developed, which picks up these radio messages. The only trouble is that you're not able to select the number of these radio messages The distance at which you will receive them, or the volume. And the pain? Well, the pain comes from the overstimulation of your auditory nerve. It's as if you were receiving radio broadcasts from all the stations in the world at once at full blast. But how long are you going to leave me here? Only as long as it takes to figure out a way to protect you from all these radio emissions. Or control the sensitivity. We're working on it. What if you can't control it? What happens if it gets worse and worse? Now, Sam, don't worry about that. We've got the top scientific talent in Washington working on the clock on this. You're very valuable to us. And in the meantime? I... In the meantime, just sit tight. Those missile centers are stocked with enough survival rations to keep you alive for months, even years, if necessary. Hmm? Well, I didn't say that. Now, Sam, we should have you out of there in a couple of weeks, a month at the most. I'm just relaxed. How do I turn the lights on? Well, they'll go on in an hour. They're programmed to put you on a day and night schedule, just like on the Earth's surface. Now, don't forget, if you need anything, just call me. This is a direct line to my phone in Washington. Okay? Okay. All right, I'm hanging up now, Sam. Remember, if you need anything, just give us a ring. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for all the help. Now, what do I do till the lights go on? I can't even look for food. Operator. Operator. What's that? Oh, I must have forgotten to hang the phone up. Operator. No, it's in the cradle. What did you dial, these? Oh, that can't be.
1: I dialed my mother in San Francisco. They're
0: coming in over the phone. Dad, I bet you didn't expect to hear from me. Oh, no. <laughs> Cell 300, shares. Come home, Paul. Hello, hello, operator. What happened to that order? Operator, help! Hello, uh, Sam. There's the phone out on the wall, that's what I'll do. Sam, is that you? Hello, Grandma!
1: No, oh. no, they're
0: coming in over the wire. It's, it's
1: a little stub of wire. <laughs> They've been disconnected. Hello, Sam. Sam, hello. That's what I told her. No. Hello, Sam. No. No, no. Please. God help me. Please. No. No. Theater 5 has presented The Man Who Heard Everything Written by George Bamber Produced and directed by Warren Murville. In the cast, Norman Rose, Mary Jane Higby, Ralph Bell, Evelyn Juster, and John Gibson Audio engineers, Neil Pulse and Marty Foglia Sound technician, Ed Blaney Script editor, Jack C. Wilson Original music by Alexander Vlastatsenko Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Otzer. Executive producer for Theater 5, Mr. Lee Bowman. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. Fred Foy speaking.